There once was a man named Gold Roger who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That is the voice of Grand Maester Hoop coming at you from the backs of the beast beneath the boards to talk about the latest from house of the dragon that's right folks we're here to talk about the hit hbo game of thrones spinoff that looks at the deeper follies and falling apart of house targaryen and what will eventually lead to an all-out civil war and we're here to talk about the penultimate episode episode nine big things happen in episode nine and goodness gracious the ball is in motion well it's been in motion but they just kicked it out the park and then somebody came up and caught that ball from being a home run and now we still got a game we got a game with me as always is dr jake's attorney dr jake's attorney are, are you team black or are you team green oh that's a tough one i because there are characters that i like on team green there are ones on there that i think they're doing their best with what they were dealt with. Uh, but in terms of succession to the throne, Team Black all the way. Team Black. No no green should be sitting on that throne. But we'll see what happens in the finale next week. But a lot of things happened this week. And it was very Team Green focused. Um, not, a, not a drop of Team Black in there at all. Not a single one. A first. Well, maybe maybe a little drop. Maybe a little drop of Team Black. Well, I guess okay, yeah, technically, especially with uh, the ending. Of course, there was mm. a there was a hint of Team Black in there, uh, but definitely a first in terms of like you know the the main head of Team Black not being present at all in the episode, which we'll get into. But yeah, uh, I would say another good episode of House of the Dragon. I, I would I would agree. Very self-contained episode. Uh, Team Green's response, uh, but yeah, a lot to pick apart here. So I'm glad we're not alone in this venture. We have some supernovas joining the party. I'm sure they'll give us some insight on the doings of Team Green here. Let's see who will be joining in with us tonight. It's the one, the only, Nino Desplazado. Hi, I'm Dr. Rika from the Yonko Table, and you're not watching Disney Channel. All right, let's get into this, folks. Um, King Viserys, first of his name. Uh, King of the Andals, of the First Men, the Roinar, the Seven Realms. The Peaceful. Pe peaceful, right. Peaceful King Viserys. He's out of there. We left him with his final words being my love, but he had a whole statement he gave to Allison, his wife, that was misinterpreted as far as Aegon should sit on the throne. Terribly misinterpreted. Aegon's dream, the song of Ice and Fire, terribly misinterpreted. Here we go. 
balls in your court. Uh, real quick, Nino, Dr. Rika, episode nine. Did this feel like an episode nine for y'all? It was a good flavor of episode nine, Game of Thrones fashion. I don't think it's necessary. I, like I said, I think that this series has evolved past the Game of Thrones formula because this definitely felt like a season finale um, of sorts. Um, it didn't necessarily feel like, oh, big climactic moment. It definitely felt like they were doing, like they were, it's the, the pot has been boiling and this is just another, you know, thing to add to the pot. Another turn up the notch. Let's make it hotter. Yeah, I think I had uh, in our, I'm going to plug the Discord again. <laughs> um, but in our shared chat, we were having some discussion of like things I was saying on Twitter where I couldn't find an article. So I don't know where people got this information, but there were like rumors that this week was going to be really focused on the greens and next week could be focused on the blacks. And wasn't sure if it was true or not, but clearly based off of the episode, it seems like that is the case. So similar to Nino, it did very much feel like kind of a, a season finale of sorts for the greens. And then we get next week is like that part two of, um, I guess, based off of the trailers, uh, the, the response by the Blacks to what went on in this episode. I, I liked the kind of contained nature of it and this, like, where's Aegon? Um, but also getting to see um, the characters interact. Some characters that we haven't had as much time with interact with one another. Um, so I, I enjoyed this episode. I'm very much curious to, to dig in. Because I think there's some important pieces that were were moved this week. Yes, for sure. I think, you know, the most interesting part, you know, coming right off rip. Team Green. It's divided. It is not a clear 100% consensus across the board as to how they wish to approach this succession. Um, I found that to be probably the most intriguing and we are greeted with that high council meeting, which really set the tone for the rest of the episode and what was going on. Uh, boy, and we have Allison coming there, breaks the news. We also get to see all the uh, little spiders spread the news back to the white worm uh, in a nice little scene. But um, breaks the news and, you know, the rest of them are all like, okay, how you want her? Uh, rotisserie style or oven brick grilled? Wait, Is there it? was not everybody. There was one. There was a couple. I hated this. <laughs> oh, I did not like. Uh, Beesbury and Sir Harold. Yes, Beesbury. they were the two. Real quick, what what were the what were the the orbs? The, the balls? I, yeah, I no were they idea. were they like uh, like a ceremonial? Thing? Yeah, or, I think so. Okay, I think right. that's just part of the allure of the show. Okay. <laughs> you ask these questions, you never ask about the the other mythos. You're like, oh yeah, but what about those those orbs on the table? Like, what's the meaning behind? Them? They've been using it since the start. I think it's kind of like a check. Were they? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you collect all seven and then say like some words, a dragon will come out. Um, Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> they look um, like bath bombs. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, they I have mean, been using it anytime there's been a council meeting, whenever it's like a check in of like, like I'm a, here, okay, ready to get started. Yeah. They clocked in, <laughs> they like, clocked in, and then they're good for yeah. clocking too. Yeah, 
Perfect. Oh man. So yeah, right off rip. Uh, they've been secretly planning this, which is not a succession at this point. This is straight absorption for sure. If you're gonna, you know, take out Rhaenyra, Damon, they were ready. They said, here are the names. Let's go get them. And Allison's like, hold on. What? What? Y'all been secretly planning to off all these people in the name of Aegon? And yes. Right. Crazy. It, it's except for one. I would feel so much better. I would feel much more conf less conflicted about this if Aegon was at all competent. Because then it would be like, oh, we're seeing, like, this side has a point. This side wants to continue precedent. This side wants to, you know, um, this side actually has, like, somebody who they can say is of equal standing with Rhaenyra. But at this point, the only person who's been trained to be, you know, uh, to sit on the Iron Throne is Rhaenyra. Just I, I would, I it would it would seem I would be a lot more interested. I, it's interesting because of how they do the show, but I would be a lot more interested in the green side if Aegon wasn't a piece of shit. <laughs> well, interestingly I, enough, we do get someone on the greens who feels they're more fit. This is treason. A little later on today, but yes. Uh, the final words of Lord Beesbury. You know, I've known Viserys longer than all of you. And what I hear is, yeah, treason, uh, mutiny, all this jazz. And again, you're talking about killing the king's daughter. He loved her. And your fucking boy, Kristen Cole. Sit down. <laughs> it just no, sounds it was, like a no. baby. No, 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 no. If, if we gave Grandmaster who the the right the to bastard. do the bastards line last week you have to do it right it was more like sit down <laughs> go ahead Off go ahead the do rails it, i can't do it i i can't, can't? i don't like kristen cole i like vayman kristen cole has no right he knew good and well he was not trying to make that man sit down he said how dare you speak against the queen and allison was like no one spoke against me Kristen cole well you're okay well well that's that that was part of the argument that he was raising where he was saying like isn't this a little coincidental he was always oh, uh yes. team rhaenyra but in his dying breath he's telling you Aegon should be and i'm not saying it was one or all of you but how did he all of a sudden die after saying Aegon should be king and, and she was the only witness and she was the only witness Kristen Cole was not having it God, at all Chris, is, is this <laughs> what him. you were is this what you were alluding to Dr. Rika is this the worst of Kristen Cole or does it get worse I, I will plead the fifth on that but oh. what I will say is I'm just I'd just like to point out that he has now killed two people in the presence of other folks, other high-powered folks, oh, and yeah. has, instead of facing any repercussions, continues to just rise and rank. That, yeah, that seems so, so off. I had a problem with it. <laughs> I had a well, problem he had with a... the first time, and 
it happened again and i'm kind of taken aback as to how no i mean you had um i forgot his name but the the head of harold the harold harold um he actually was like bro you can't do that <laughs> what'd you just do right and they kind of just Lord <laughs> and they're kind of like oh, hold on let's continue the meeting real quick uh, oh, I, no, I did, they didn't, they I didn't did like that line. No, I like that line. Like, no one leaves this room until our business is is finalized. And I was like, they they mean business. They said basically encouraging this. Tell me, you know, you know, you know the Grinch where the Grinch's heart like grows right. Two sides. Otto Hightower's balls grow five times their normal size that day. <laughs> The balls on Otto Hightower, okay? Ooh, the the balls on Otto Hightower. We we are not leaving till business is concluded. And the audacity, too. Beesbury is bleeding out right there, and they said, let's continue. He's dead. <laughs> he's, he's dead. Yes, he's dead. That was straight to the temple. That that orb is likely what killed him, that little orb that hit him in the temple. Or, you, know, you, know, you know that was? the. I'm going to make this pencil disappear. <laughs> See, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Goodness. Right, right. It, it, the Joker parallels just keep building off of each other. Uh, so, yeah, man. Um, Harold, too. He's out because, again, it's just like, you know, until you decide who's going to be a king, I'm out. And, again, y'all just let all you like Kristen Cole straight up murder. Y'all talk about murdering royal lineage. And it's like, this is not right. This is, hello, we just had Viserys the Peaceful. Now you're like, let's start shit up. It's, it's, it was House Targaryen starts collapsing. It's pretty broken right now. And everybody can see it for the most part. Um, so goodness gracious, uh, the lines are drawn. I, I guess Otto versus Allison here. And... Uh, it's a race. It is a race to find Aegon. The race for Aegon. What a hunt, a witch hunt. Aegon is the, the key. There's also a scene that happens um, right before they try to look for him with Helena. Helena matters in this story. Yes, matters she, so much. Yes. Yes. Um, because I don't. I, I. I don't have the foresight that Doctor Rika has, but. Um, I'm just saying because it seems that she knows something that was hinted at throughout the entire series, or maybe even confirmed. Um, you know that there's little spies. She knows that oh there, God. there was. She was like, there's a beast beneath the floorboards, and people think that she's just crazy, but she's actually like, hey, it's not safe to talk about this right now, even though I'm in my private room. Um, it, wait, is that your interpretation of beast beneath the floorboards? Yes, you're you're I, probably thinking of something uh, yeah, else, I have, right? Yeah, I have a, okay. another right. I've, I have that another, said, but I I won't I will refrain from saying anything because it's a huge spoiler. But I interpret, oh, but I could also more see that as, past this episode. Yeah, beast beneath but the floorboards. I actually really like I like this. Uh, I want to mean you to keep going because I like this. Uh, discussion about Helena, how important it is what she's saying. So I'll let him continue. Yeah, I just think that she, I think that the little times that we see her throughout this episode is like, 
you know, rather important. I feel like we got more of, of Helena and Amon this episode than we got of actual Aegon. Um, I'm not complaining, but it just seems that with Helena, there she's feeling the most of Aegon's recklessness of because she's literally at home with the kids and she's just like I'm just doing my thing I'm 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 seeing everything I hear everything but I don't really have any power or ability to say it in a way that people can understand um because I think she has just a very specific way of talking I would I would I once she's been saying beast beneath the floorboards since the last episode Oh, she said uh, it. Yes, uh, she yeah, asked. Oh, okay. she, she did. She said it at the dinner table. Um, I will say to your point, you do see Amon, who does genuinely care for Helena, which is an interesting juxtaposition given how he's obviously you know not married to her. Um, I I saw a behind the scenes thing that also showed Amon reprimanding Aegon last week. It was that uh, off-screen uh, yes. dialogue that you it's very difficult to hear, but it's Yes. Okay. Yes, and he's reprimanding him about his mistreatment of Helena. Uh I I I imagine big things for her later on. Or she's just gonna continuously leave breadcrumbs and for no one to pick up except the audience. Which shall yeah, be interesting. I was gonna say that. I think a lot of her scene, because she pointed out like her two kids, um, I can't remember the exact dialogue, but just said something to the effect of like, whenever someone else has something, the other wants it. Yeah. And um, so I think th I thought that was interesting, Beast with the floorboards. She even made, a, she had commented on Eamon losing his eye before it happened. Yes. Um, oh, she did? In, she did. Yeah. She's with the bug. Like, Anytime Helena's on what? screen, any anything that she says is gonna always be important. She what, said what um, she say about the eye. Uh, with the she's like, oh, Alice, you'll have to lose an eye. Yes, with a little. Al Allison was like, you'll get a dragon, and she just, hella have to lose an eye. Oh, and she was yeah. talking about her bug. The bug, right? She's yes. not directly referencing someone specific. She could just be talking to like a like an ant that she has in her hand or well interestingly enough too you know talking about the little spiders and the chain of spies she's weaving an orb weaver on her little uh thing so right. she's, she's mentioned it, spiders before as well she's so. she's very she's very aware but right you wouldn't think this is her showing her awareness because it just looks yeah. off kilter so yeah she's been dropping stuff We've talked about kind of the idea of maybe her being a green seer or having some degree of magic um, in, in previous episodes. But yeah, anytime Helena ever has a scene, she says something that's going to be really important to either something that happens in the episode or will happen um, either in later episodes. I can't wait for her to drop next episode um, just casually. I'm talking to a, a little her kid, she's like, and his will be the song of ice and fire. What, Helena? Nothing. <laughs> you tie it all together i'm sure you can probably write down everything she has said and yeah have a little roadmap for what's going to transpire uh for the rest of the however long this series is um 
So pay attention. According to George R. R. Martin, he wants four seasons of ten episodes. Four so. to do it justice. To do it justice. justice. Yeah. Not known if that's what's going to happen. I, that's I what think he wants. So. It's what no. he wants, but he's wanted other things before. Okay, but another show. Okay, but D and D were also Dumb. they carried more weight in the in the writers' room than George R. R. Martin did. I think after they surpassed him in the events of the book. So they're like, since you don't have anything that we can like um, vulture from you, we're just gonna make up our own thing. You can't say anything about it. And then he's like, but what about young Griff? And then they're like, who? Doesn't matter. <laughs> For all, if anyone that's a book reader it. that listened to me right there, you, you'd, you'd, you'd chuckle at that statement. I think I've heard of Young Griff, but yes, George is like here. He's like very involved in this, rightfully so. I don't think he wants a repeat of the final seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't think anyone does. I uh, know. I don't think anybody does. Uh, but yeah, Helena, character to watch out for. Uh, balls moving. Team Otto, consisting of star quarterback Sir Eric. And star receiver, Sir Eric. Eric. Twins. Eric and Eric. There it is. Eric and Eric. Um, twins. Uh, team Allison. Kristen Cole. Uh, uh, what should I call it? Um, damn it. Ah, damn it. I was going. I had it going. Uh, um, Laris? No. no I was going to give him. A team manager. He's team manager. Kristen Cole's team manager. Team manager pulls off Amon off the bench. Says, Amon, you know about your brother. You're coming with me. We're going to go get him. The first to find Aegon receives the greatest influence over the would-be king and whether or not to kill Rhaenyra. I think that's not. a cool race against time because like you would think it's like let's just find Aegon so that he can bring his ass here and announce him as the next heir but it's literally a race against the same team because most all of them are team Hightower team Green, but they're all racing to find him because they want to influence him in their own way. They want to plant the seeds of doubt or or tell him how to rule as soon as he becomes king. And it's like, whoever gets him first, they get first dibs. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting how they structure that. Because you would think, yeah, they're, they want Aegon on the throne, but for different reasons. Well, ultimately, they want him on the throne. But what it really comes down to, Allison. And again, you know, we talk about her character and her hypocrisy, but I think she's changed a lot. And I think it really shows this episode. She does not want to kill Rhaenyra. She does not want to make this, you know, this a bloodbath between families. And Otto Hightower don't give two shits. He said, she gotta go. But I think it's mostly because that Rhaenyra is, or not Rhaenyra, but Alicent is, thinks what she's doing is right. And that her righteousness will lead her to the best possible outcome um, or her perceived righteousness. Because I think she's very much deluding herself. Um, especially since all the things that she was being critical about that we learned about this episode, but all the things that she's been super critical 
on Rhaenyra for the bastards. She's suddenly, when later on in this episode, we see mysterious little kid getting ready to be oh, thrown man. into the, that was the the kid pit to go fight. The kid pit, <laughs> the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. This is this is Chuck E. Cheese of Westeros. Let the yeah. kids have their fun. But without the ball pit and instead sharpen their nails and nails. file their teeth. God, that's terrible. But um, and then look at her two children. Her two children married each other when she was talking about queer customs to Rhaenyra a couple, you know, a couple episodes ago. So it's kind of like everything that you criticized Rhaenyra for, your children have done specifically Aegon has done in spades probably worse but because you can have an influence over him you are like a better influence you're perceiving yourself to be doing the right thing no i i definitely see this episode as a like a character portrait of Aegon of who we're putting on the throne because that's kind of like the adventure of like going through the city you get to see he goes to all these brothels he uh, has all these uh, bastard children. Uh, he partakes in these child pit fights. Uh, this is the person that's going to be king. And he doesn't want to be king. He's made that very clear from previous episodes. But I, I kind of like the adventure that they're going through in the city. They're picking up pieces of the type of person Aegon is. And then you also get some insight into Aemon. What he wants out of all of this. Because... I think we kind of painted Eamon in like kind of like a bad light from the last few, couple episodes because he did some, I guess, uh, bad stuff, you know, with the eye scene. Questionable. Um, but in a lot of those instances, you know, he was kind of just retaliating against the people that were bullying him for years. Um, and But in terms of like to the people he cares about, He's not that bad of a person, you know. He he loves he. From what I could tell, he loves his mother, respects his mother. Um, he loves his sister, uh, Helena. Um, I mean, he's not that bad, uh, seemingly he, right now. He I also don't know. seemed to generally care about when his father when he heard of his father's passing. Yeah, he, like he was hurt. very. Re- <laughs> wow! <laughs> and, well, what a strange uh, reaction to have. And it's just like. And I, I wonder, and this is where now I must question, if Aegon were not in the picture and Rhaenyra had more time to, like, and wasn't so threatened by the idea that someone may take her throne, I'm pretending Aegon doesn't exist because I don't think anyone could get along with Aegon. But would Aemon and Helena have been treated like family, like more so? If there wasn't such an impending, like, meteor coming to steal the throne, and if there wasn't, you know, um, if there, if, you know, Rhaenyra had the chance to be more, I think that this family dynamic could work. However, that's not what happens. Now we have a guy who is just a, a drunk. Among other things. Oh, I was right. going to say, I could be wrong about this, but I do believe in the books that at least Helena and Rhaenyra had a better relationship that we, than we've seen. Um, I could be getting some wires crossed, but I think there are some relationships we just haven't been able to, to get 
the opportunity to kind of dive more into. Because I agree with you. I think that that could have been a more interesting dynamic. Like, hypothetically, if Agam wasn't, or if he was just like, if he didn't have all the pressure, I think there was a piece of dialogue last week that we talked about of like, you know, if he didn't have the pressure of you are supposed to be king instead of your sister and let's pin you, like if he was just treated as a, you know, son, part of the family, yes, as son, a part of the family rather than like a usurper and wondering kind of how that would have changed some of his characterization. But um, I think to the comment around Eamon, um, I said it last week that he reminds me a lot of Damon and I hold to that because it's similar to what y'all just said of like cares for the family, retaliates when he does, maybe some suspicious questionable behaviors um, that we've seen and not to the degree of Damon, of course. <laughs> I mean, his, his, uh, his criminal hood is pretty on par Damon. Damon is. You know? They're like, we got to go do some sneaky some sneaky shit. Some sneaky shit, yeah. I do find Eamon very intriguing though, as far as just like the, the piece of like, I'm the one who studies the histories and the philosophies. I've done the sword training. You know, he frankly is, if we're choosing people who are fit to actually rule, I imagine he probably has a lot more qualities than his brother at this point in time. Yeah, so but not as many qualities as Bran the Broken. All right. Who's got a better story than Brand the Brook? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, half the time, I mean, I don't know the specific age, but relatively, these are still children. No, they're yeah. not past 17 to 21. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think they're still got a lot of uh, growing pains they're going through, you know. Uh, Aegon wants love. Aemon wants respect uh, but Aegon wants oh you mean like uh like motherly love like yeah just love? like parental love okay yeah i can, uh, yeah. I can buy that and I mean, needs is a castration right <laughs> um but you know i think allison's conversation with Rhaenys really kind of put things in perspective as far as if Rhaenys was chosen way back when Viserys' family would be out in the countryside, living life, hunting, enjoying. And he Viserys would have had such a great life. He would have been with Ama. He would have just been like, I'm just going to have fun and be, you know, a Don't dreamer. Don't worry about an heir. You're right, right, son. right. Have however many kids you want. <laughs> Don't and worry and about even, it. Even in a scenario where, you know, he still has uh Aemon, Aegon, and Helena, I, I think they would have turned out a lot better than what we were given here, given the circumstances of what's going on. Uh so yeah, it just kind of sucks that they're just all in this really twisted position. And you got people in one ear and people in the other ear and you can't catch a break. I will say that that conversation that Ellicent and Renice have Allison was able to connect to Rhaenys, I think, better than Rhaenyra. I agree. Um, I think. However, Rhaenyra knows how to play the game. And, you know, they know, like, you know what I mean? Like, Rhaenyra and Rhaenys are both like, listen, we don't like each other and we don't, I'm not going to pretend I like you, but let's do business, you know? 
versus Allison just like, I'm trying to appeal to your emotions as a mother, as a this. And you know, part of it works, but also part mm -hmm. of it is just like the fat chance in hell that ever happened. I think too that there's a level of uh, Allison doesn't have as much like insight. Like we've already talked about the hypocrisy of like, man, you just criticize this other person for all the things you're literally, you know, letting people around you get away with, like, and you're not calling them out on any of that. Um, that she, the dots are not connecting for her in that way. There's a low level of insight. I think Rhaenyra, there is some awareness of like, yeah, I'm not in a great position. So whenever I'm offering folks that, like the piece of dialogue we had last week of like, is this desperate? Is this smart? Like, it's probably both, you know, and she'll, uh, she'll play the game and she'll, here's my position. I know where I stand. Like, I'm gonna offer some folks something to make something happen. Um, and I don't think Alicent works in the same way. I think she has her little moments of you know, trying to get some information. We, we see the scene a little bit later with her father. Uh, so she can make things happen. I think she wants them in a very specific way. And I just don't think they're going to hold strong to that, like, ever. Um, I, it's I, pretty I, delicate. I think it's a fool's errand if you want to control a man like Aegon. Mm -hmm. Like... Look, look at look at the more how should I say uh, people with better temperament if you if someone with a better temperament is Damon and Aemond who are violent I think you need to reevaluate who you're putting your claim against and you know here's here's another thing I guess you know what I you know I guess I'm gonna say this but um, spoilers for Game of Thrones but Aemond Maester Aemond Amen. Amon, no D. Yeah, Amen. Amon. He he abdicated the throne uh, in preferring someone who's another Aegon, who is like from the Duncan Egg novellas. And I think that was, I think, one of the first time, or actually maybe the first time, that someone had abdicated on behalf of their brother. But I'm like, why can't, what is the word abdication not in your vocabulary? Why can't you, why can't you just say, why, why didn't they let him go on that ship and, you know, go be a rapist somewhere else and, and like, <laughs> leave, leave, like, you know, you can't kill your brother, but you can make sure you never see him again. I'm just saying. I, I no think, one, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, no one's using their head. I think no one's using their head. I also think for the team green side of things, I think they're just so ingrained in like what is tradition as opposed to Rhaenyra side on team black where it's like, what is not tradition? So, you know, Rhaenyra being named as heir is not tradition as to who is allowed to take the Iron Throne. So she's on her own side trying to make her claim to the throne, whereas Team Allison, I mean, Allison claims she's trying to do everything proper, the way things are supposed to be done. And by the law of succession, you know, the heir, the firstborn male heir of the king is the one that's supposed to take the throne. People might disagree with the person that is actually taking the throne, but I think that's where you get moments with like, you know, later in the episode with Aemon uh, and uh Aegon fighting each other and he's like listen just send me on a boat I will leave and do my business and you can take the throne 
and Eamon just is really not into it because again he's on the side of that's not what it's supposed to be you are the firstborn you're the male firstborn male heir you have and to also, take that yeah. and I'm, also Eamon yeah. Eamon kind of loves his brother even though Aegon is a piece of shit like he right. I, you can tell that he loves his brother like he's yeah. just still like I don't you know I think you just need to I think it's a moment of you need to step up versus me making an excuse for you to leave he wants his brother to be better yeah he may right. spit and, in his face and, and, but and he you know, wants who are we who are we to 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 knock that wanting family to be better i mean but I, essentially that's what damon wanted too for viserys yes very true parallels yeah and that's what viserys oh, wow, wanted yeah. for damon as well they wanted they, uh, family but I have to I have to mention this since we're on this specific scene, uh, and I guess that we'll get to the white worm later. But when they intercept the news, it was a little silly to see them hiding in broad daylight on the the railings of the stairs. Wait, who the um, um, Kristen Cole and Amond to catch the twins and the prince? Oh, okay, okay. And then they just jump out and they're like, "I got you." <laughs> I was like, wow, what in the high school department uh, choreography, drama choreography, do we have here? <laughs> it was it was very funny. And Kristen Cole's face that he makes when he's like a little mad, you know, the I have to give it to the actor because he, he's very entertaining to watch, but he makes this look of like almost Nick Cage-esque um, when he's trying to like, he's like, I'm going to cut you down in the name of my queen, you know? And it's just very funny, like to watch. I I started cracking up at that scene. I was like, "This is." I feel I, maybe it was a reshoot, but this seemed very different from the rest of. The he movie. wanted a reason. He Before, wanted... uh, we, sorry. Oh no! Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I was just gonna say there was one piece of the Rainice Allison conversation I just wanted to to highlight was was just Rainice. Um, saying to Allison, like, you, all these men around you, like, you're doing everything kind of in service of them. You toil um, in the service to men, yes. And, and I really, really liked that piece of dialogue because it's basically what we've been saying the entire time that we've talked about Allison for the last nine episodes. Um, and actually, really, uh, part of me finds, I, I like the complication messiness of her. Uh, of just like, yes, she's kind of wrapped up in what Rainey said and, and based the patriarchy and her son and her husband and her her father and all of these various things. She's trying to figure out like, what what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? I guess following along, but nothing has, it, it's granted me nothing. Like I'm, I've suffered the entire time um, in some way or form. And I really, really liked that, uh, that dialogue. To follow up that dialogue you're mentioning, she says, you do, you don't desire to be free, but yes. to make a window of your prison. And mm -hmm. she's like, Marini's is basically saying like, why don't you ever envision yourself on the Iron Throne? Which from this point makes me think we may see some change in tides as far as like, I don't think Allison's gonna be like, I'm gonna sit on the throne instead of my sons. But definitely be kind of you listen to me now versus, you know. Definitely trying to pull uh 
you know, what we see later on, like a Cersei or a Marjorie trying to sway right. these men into the right, quote unquote, real course of action. Um, and, it, and it's again, Bernice has the most insight, I believe. She sees every corner of kind of men's ambition. He's very and observant. What, what, yeah, the lengths men will go to keep these women out of power, you know? So I, I too really liked that piece. Um, the white worm. Uh, we finally get resolution. So this is Dude, was it resolution that we were rewarded? It's it's it was a plot thread that had been building up, and now I feel like it's resolved, at least in in, in a way resolved. Like there's a conclusion. This because they true. Were, this yeah. plot thread i think i wasn't following too well throughout the past few episodes so who who's the white i mean this is uh damon's ex damon's second wife second damon's wife. second no, wife no, no she was never oh, they never married they never married, they never married. She right was, she didn't want to be married she was uh, sorry, a sex worker okay, okay. and she yeah. never wanted to marry so they never did marry yes so she created the network uh Spies. yes and it seems that okay Wait, okay, hold up here. Wait, I'm getting ready. Sure. The white worm was done so dirty because it seems that this was the... the uh, com when you look at, like, Alicent versus Rhaenyra stuff and, and even Rhaenys in terms of, like, the ideas of feminism, none of them are don't, don't care about people. They don't care about women. They only care about themselves and, like, themselves adjacent, you know? Um, because these are still rich people talking about rich people things. They're like, I'm my uncle would only abdicate the throne or whatever. You know, it's, it's rich people things. Who who cares? These people, like the white worm, is literally seeing people on the ground, and she knows how to play the game, and she's also patient um, because she has like this spy network. Um, that were led to believe like throughout the entire time like she was the one who notified Otto Hightower of um, Rhaenyra and Damon in the bathhouses. Oh, houses. okay. Yes, she was correct. the one, yeah, she has she has spies basically everywhere. Now she comes in and talks to Otto Hightower and say I want an end to children fighting in Flea Bottom. I don't like it. I don't want it. And it seems that this is a person that has gone through so much trauma of being in a business that only exploits people for their bodies and then is trying to advocate for people. And what do we get? Burned up. Yes. Burned up. All right. Okay. So that was her house, right? Yeah. That was her house. Yes. Oh, we that, saw it in many. Oh, oh, wow. I didn't. Goodness. I we didn't saw it. We saw it many times. She was. That was. We saw it with Damon that was staying there. And when he got really drunk, we saw it when she was receiving news at a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, th this was a very important, you know. So, uh, so the we, house that uh, Rainice looked out the window from and she saw it on fire right it was Rainice that looked out the window and there was a house I, th I thought we just got like a, a little montage scene I think shows. we just got a little okay. shot okay yeah but that house on man. fire was was hers okay yes. so well I mean she, she's not confirmed dead but are we assuming she's dead I think the it general, implies the general it. rule yeah. is that if we don't see a body 
Well, cause yeah. like, um, I, in that scene with the white worm and Otto Hightower, uh, she's trying to make it a point saying like, I guess like, remember what I'm doing for you. And then he says, I'll remember. And well, Otto Hightower is not the one who pulled that trigger. What, that the, was, the fire? Yeah, that Allison. trigger was yeah. pulled indirectly by Allison because Sir Laris comes Ooh, up. It was favorite. pretty directly. It was pretty directly. It was just like, I, pretty I direct. that your services can handle this, you know? Because what? She's tired of Otto having the upper leg on her, right? Because uh, he basically says, hey, I, I found out all the servants are in service to, to the white worm. And there is build up. You have to build this. Up. No, I got you. I know. I know. Okay. So okay. He, he explains that all the servants are in servitude to the white worm. Your <laughs> lady in waiting, uh, Taylor, Tyla. Uh, um, yeah. She's the one that, you know, was able to get that word out first of the king's death. Um, and now, you know, Nino, you're mentioning, you know, how she's advocating for, you know, people who service their bodies for you know people of higher power and then here we learn the big reveal as far as Allison's like you know can you take care of this and i think even before <laughs> this dude is terrible so what uh they're talking and oh my um um socks come off socks no 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 Shoes, shoes, shoes. Sorry, shoes come on. You should specify that this is Lord Laris. Yeah, yeah, Laris. Yeah, Laris and Allison. So shoes come off first, right? Right. Okay, right. Shoes. That's that's the tease. (laughs) So so he keeps going. He keeps going. Um, he keeps going. His his memory gets fuzzy again. (laughs) I can't remember what happens next. Um. Socks now, socks now, socks come on, and there they are. Now he, he he continues giving more information on the situation. Uh, mind you, the hour is late. This is like in the dead of night. He's doing this, yes. uh, right? Which ties her. back into uh, Otto Hightower's uh, you know, conversation with Allison, where he was saying, You and you and Lars have been spending a lot of well, actually, no, he he had a conversation with Laris. Not yeah. Allison. Um, yes. And Laris and like, is kind of playing like all every side. Every side, you're like, they're like, Laris, you know, you could. And he's like, before you even say a word, I can work for you while working for them. You, Laris goes up, sees people in King's Landing and he's just walking on his own. And you, t- you can you can just look at him for too long and he'll be like, I can work for you now. It's okay. And that that's what Laris does. But he needs payment in return. He needs uh, some payment. <laughs> so he's given the news. Uh, feet are exposed. Um, and he pulls an Aegon in episode whatever. He starts uh, choking the chickens. Is that what they call it back then? Um, and she pulls then. up her dress now, right? I don't For, think. Well, just uh, to, just to put her feet the on the little pillow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. And she kind of just, you know, turns away, <laughs> lets him do his thing away from her uh, eyes. In He's captions, right. in captions, Sir Laris's heavy breathing. 
Is that it what it says in the caption? Yes, it did. These writers are sickos, you know. I'm sorry. Who did you expect a foot it? fetish in House of the Dragon? Okay, you know, I don't mind the foot fetish. You know, it's fine. People like what they like. You know, Elden Ring full of foot fetish, made by a foot fetish person. It's okay. But now we have to come to the sick irony that the person with a club foot has a foot fetish. Wow. There's sicko. There's some sickles here. It's like me. It's like I, I'm not even gonna go forward with that next train of thought. I I bursted out laughing. I cannot believe I am uncomfortable with the vibe that we have created in the studio today. That is what that is my thoughts on the matter. In a my, way, my you could, uh... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, Allison really got. She ain't got nobody around her. That's. I mean, I guess I won't say nobody. Helena is just minding her business. But everybody else is either questionable or it's gone beyond the question. Like we're we're aware of where they stand, you know. And One her minute. sigh, just the sigh of like she tired. <laughs> it, she oh, it was going. the sigh that's that sold me. And you know, because you know that wasn't the first time. That was not the first time. It well, happened. obviously, no, no. it was not the first she time. She immediately she knew. took off her shoes and put yes. her feet. She was like, "No words needed to be." She extended. she she rolled her eyes. She was like, oh, God, "This okay. again, right?" The way those grippers. I mean, which is it, crazy that this is what it's been going on this whole time. It and, and you could also connect it to uh, this man killed his brother and his father for some feet for, for some feet. It's like damn priorities. He said, you know, he "Family, said, brother, father, the feet of the said, queen, baby." That's they, the they, said, they said, "You down for your family?" No, I ain't down for my family. I'm ten. I'm ten toes down. I'm ten toes down. I want my ten toes. Fuck my family. I'm down for them toes. So and I, so this episode I think was very plot heavy, uh, not so much as thematic heavy. Which is, you know, sometimes you need those because it was really, it was really good plot, you know. Um, and I know Dr. Jace Attorney over here, who, on the slower thematic moments, he's like, "What is going on? I'm confused. Who is this?" But who when are, the, I, I'm sure he loved this people? episode. <laughs> I'm sure he loved this episode because it was very plot oriented, but it did it well. But here is one of the thematic points that I think ties into the rest of the show. I don't feel bad for Allison because in an effort for her having to exploit her body to keep everything hush hush, she is purposefully and maybe even maybe not knowingly, but she is literally throwing someone who's trying to advocate uh, for people like for children under the bus just so that she can feel like this is the righteous thing to do. It's I, I hate it, but it's good thematic storytelling that we should these are these are not people we should be rooting for. So mm -hmm. these are people with deep complexities and ultimately Game of Thrones has always been like the people in power, absolute idiots. Absolute idiots that do not care about the lives of their people. And it's, it's also points out number one. Points out that Allison is like a queen must, you know, advocate for her people or think of her people when she's talking to Rainies. Where was this? Where was this here? Maybe she didn't know the deal that was cut, but at the same time, she didn't care. 
Who knows how long the fighting has been going on in Fleabottom? Nobody cares. You know what they do care? Aegon, stop masturbating out the window. I mean, I don't even think she learned about the fighting in Fleabottom. She just Wait. didn't like that this network was being shared. Yeah. Right. Right. But so. I, I don't think, but here's, and this is, I think this is more of a thematic lens. She doesn't even care that the fighting is going on because she doesn't even care to know about it. So well, if she knows about it, don't care. She doesn't further inquire. She doesn't like go f like talk to the white worm herself to see what's going on. She's just like, you already conspired with my father. That's enough for you to be gone. Um, right. So, yeah, no, no, no. Very thematic storytelling. I would even say, too, you know, she has a big moment where she stands up to Otto and says, you know, like, you've been, you know, molding me to be whatever you wanted me to be and all that jazz. And, you know, and she's like, we have Aegon. I'm going to do with him as I see fit. All right. I'm no longer going to, you know, do your little thing. And then immediately we get the Lara scene right after that brings her back down. Yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, I think a lot of the thematic elements were very well placed in this episode and then yes when you tie it back to yes yeah, at the end of the day she's really she is making a window out of her prison versus actually trying to you know take dismantle over the prison dismantle or dismantle it or and, dismantle it and and even look at um and even look at uh, and this is where Kristen cole becomes a, a more interesting character within this theming uh, because he's the only one that's lowborn, but he is a like how do you say a a, a devout advocate or not an advocate, but a devout sword. loyalist. Yeah, loyalist to the queen. Um, he got his rising because he proved his merit in battle, and Rhaenyra saw that. But then after Alicent was like, "I can use you for you know for better than you just." After that fallout happened. And it just seems that like Alicent not only is <laughs> knowingly or unknowingly, she put to bed good things that have, you know, good things that could have happened for poor people. And she's actively using like a, a, like a poor person puppet as like her Kingsguard, her, um, what do you call it? What's the, uh, the some, something, uh, Lord Commander Kings of the Kingsguard. Yeah. 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 It's good storytelling. I'm just upset by it. <laughs> you can be upset again. I. It's really hard to root for people here. I think Sir Eric is someone we can start maybe rooting for. Uh, I mean, he pulled a good deed here. Um, this is treason. Uh, basically, and uh, he um, helps Renice escape. And uh, he's like, yo, Aegon is not it. Like, please get oh, Rhaenyra. Oh man, you know what? And they said this in the what do you call it? The after the episode, during they the said that fight. this is the first time um, that they went out of the castle, um, so they had to make the most of it. Tying back into this big theming, these people are herded like sheep. They were literally sheep, and the soldiers are knocking them out and like, get out of the way, you know, like. They're treating them like they were they were cattle, just so that they could perform how the nobles wanted them to perform. They're fodder, right? Yeah, 
I actually mean the sheep in that scene too. Does that add on there to that? There was sheep, yeah. There was actual sheep. Where, where it was. Sheep? So they, it could have been any welcome. animal, but no. It's it time. Sheep. It's time to say, Doctor Jace. This is. Uh, you could say this has layers. Oh, like a like a certain vegetable. The, they mentioned an onion in this episode. Well, it was as an insult, so I don't count that. And it came from Otto Hightower, so no. <laughs> Absolutely oh, not. That's where what we was it? The <laughs> He said it to, to, to the white worm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he said, it. are you adding an onion to this? Uh... No, no, no. He, he said like, uh, or, oh God, he asked like who she was and he's like, um, is this is this something I should care for? Or is this like the, the sour layer to an onion? Or it was something like that. He used onions in a negative comparison. So no, screw Otto Hightower. Oh, no. no, I was just going to add to uh, Nino's uh, discussion about just like the, the royal family and their connection or lack of connection to the people, because I think even Rhaenys's reaction to, you know, uh, Sir Eric helps, but then they get separated. And so she's out on her own and now she's being shuffled. And I think the, just the, I don't know if it's surprise, I, but just the discomfort in her circumstances and now she's being amongst the, the cattle the sheep the, the people that are, are being uh treated in this way i think it was interesting and i imagine we'll get to the very end but you know there are even pieces of that that connect to you know these folks are still out of touch because while the ending was badass there i likely lots of people hurt in in that showing as well. And, and it's not something that folks care about because of the spectacle uh, of, but we'll get to that. So I just, that common theme that Mino has been discussing as far as like, these people are fighting and it's really just for the benefit of, of them. Um, it's not really actually gonna be helpful or beneficial to, to people as a whole within Westeros, which has always been the case <laughs> as we saw in Game of Thrones as well. Like people are gonna be impacted negatively uh, while just a, a smaller group of people are fighting. So, but I it's, guess it's, it's also a, reflective of our actual lives. But anyway. No, um, no, no. Yeah. We are oh, we watch these shows to see their first world problems. Meanwhile, the third world problems of the show get buried beneath our, you know. They're the the NPCs of the, the yeah, game. Yeah, no. I mean they are. It's like who who cares about we, them? It's it, it's all about care. the nobles, the the aristocrats, because yes. they control everything. We we hear of crime in Flea Bottom. This episode gives us these child coliseums. We have never seen that before. And you people know there are bastard royalty running around, and they're just letting them. There was also... a, they straight up showed us a Targaryen in there. Yeah, full <laughs> full on white hair. Right, and I'm like. Hello, and yeah, and they don't care. They don't care. Uh, and they it's edge. like, well, just watching this, it's like, are we? You know, we care so much about who sits on the throne, but Nino, you said this a long time ago too. It's like, why do we care? It might be birthright versus absorption, but it's like, what are they gonna do for the for actual the people? Realm? What is this? <laughs> this is not 2016. This is not the Nintendo release of. Um, Fire Emblem Conquest versus uh, Birthright. This is a deep. That's a deep cut joke. Um, I think I, I know that wanted, one. 
I wish was, I had a Nintendo system. It was system. the only time. <laughs> the only time they wanted to do a dual release like Pokemon, and it blew up in their face. But this is Oof. that's basically what we're getting. That nope, we're getting it's House of the Dragon now. They, I'm just saying, George R. R. Martin <laughs> got it from somewhere. Got it from Nintendo. George R. R. Martin confirmed to be a Nintendo enthusiast. That's sure. Why he's, that's why he's never finishing Songs of Winter. Winds of Winter, but he's never going to finish It's never coming period. out. What does it matter? What does it he matter? He said he's working on it. He said he's working on it. I can't wait for him to announce that he's going to, that he's finished it and it's going out to press at the end of this year. And then I'm going to come back and play this audio during our podcast. Sure. I'm covering it. And uh, I'm going to say, Dr. Jace, remember when you said this? Well, get ready to eat crow. A feast of them. Ooh. And that's when you'll wake up from your dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the corralling of the people is for the, the ceremony. Um, the ceremony, the coronation of Aegon. Uh, we do get a little bit. We talked about a little bit with Aegon in the carriage with Alicent, and she's prepping him, and he's like, "Do you love me? Did you ever love me?" And she replies, "You imbecile! Is that you, imbecile? Of course I love you. Or you imbecile? No. It came with the. Or is it a little bit of both? It came with the smirk. It's definitely a little bit of both. I don't think. I don't think Alicent or Viserys care about that child." No, nope. I, I mean, she denounced him last week, or did she forget? And that was and, well, she might have picked that up from Viserys's banishment of Damon repeatedly. And she's like, Oh, well, I could say that one week and you know, kind of be over it. It's next. not even oh. a week, it, it was like a couple of days ago. A couple in the days. show, oh, yeah, that. that would be literally, yeah, probably like two days ago. Um, it's it's these last. This episode is really like a one day and or two. Um and yeah, the previous episode was probably like three days. This is a week. Welcome to a week in King's Landing. Um uh, uh, that should be a that should be a dateline show or something. Um uh, all right, help me out. This place where they're doing the coronation. This is above the dragon pit. Or where they keep the dragons? I guess uh, it has to be for maybe what the Coliseum. Yeah, um, it, yeah. It, it might not necessarily be the dragon pit, but just where they kept um, one of the dragons. Maylis, Maylis, Maylis. Um, yeah. Yes, like yes, yes. Held in the very same dragon pit. Um, this is from Vanity Fair. So that makes two kings crowned in the dragon pit. Aegon II and then Bran the Broken. Oh, Jesus. Was he, Enough. Was he crowned in the... You know, no, 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 I'm, I'm not doing this. Um, I kind of like this scene a little bit. It was it was very tense. Uh, the oh, it was very good. Yeah. Um, we had another like, long walk. Another mm, long very walk. long walk. Um, I got oh. the feeling this was not going to go according to plan from the beginning. Just 
something was something bad was gonna happen. I don't know if one of those knights were gonna like drop their sword down on Aegon's head and be like, "Oh, this is treason." Um, but no, I just it was very tense. The long walk, the the standing in front of like you know Otto Hightower, the the crowning, uh, <laughs> the the crown placing the crown on the head. <laughs> this this scene reminds me very much of the boys finale for the previous season with uh ryan and how he's kind of reluctant to be coming out showing his powers oh okay okay yeah the crowd pretty much you know gives him affirmation Aegon this whole time was kind of very hesitant for this duty didn't seem fit didn't seem right and then uh you know the crowd they start uh they're about it. Uh, they really did paint a, the uh, in the after credits. They definitely talked about how the high towers kind of, you know, definitely like painted this narrative and, you know, made it really, you know, uh, dramatic and went for spectacle. Oh, King Viserys on his dying wish. Announces his son, you know, um, and they're, they're buying it. The people buy into it. And then uh, Aegon, he like looks at them and he's like, yeah, pulls out the sword, that really cool conqueror sword. And uh, I think he's, yeah, it's like he's uh, he's ready. Um, very he's hesitant ready at first. Is... Puts up his Jesus arms. Um, Are you, you not know? entertained? <laughs> Essentially. Or, it, or is is this your king? Is this your king? No, I'm your king. Kind of energy. Uh, very short lived, however, because um, Rainice ain't having this no more. No. Boom! Did someone say, "Oh no"? Because Rainice said, "Oh yeah," like the Kool Aid Man. Came bursting through. You could say a Hulk came smashing in. <laughs> or you could say the beast beneath the floorboards. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. no. Yes. I was yes. initially. I was initially. No. This was the dragon beneath the floorboards. But then once it was said that she said it before previously, I was like, oh, so it might not be the. The dragon I, thing yeah here. and i think she's talking very metaphorical in the terms of the beast uh because why would they call dragons beast they're they are dragons You're they have well, it's of, helena it's helena though she's uh um, she's helena she's a targaryen she's a targaryen blood of the old valyria they wouldn't they wouldn't call like like that you know what i mean they wouldn't yeah, call it's a, it's a um, noble dragons. creature yeah, they wouldn't call dragons beast in that way. That's I'm gonna sure. tell you right now, this may not be the de facto beast beneath the floorboards, but this works for me because she came up from under. How? And said, what do you mean she came up from under? Oh, I guess you're right. The dragon fit was, yeah, got dressed very quickly too. How convenient. She battled up. She was. <laughs> yeah, she I was like, left. man, was her armor she... ready to go? I'm guessing it's like kind of like kitted on the like the saddle of the of the dragon so it's like kind of there mate or if not like next to the dragon so it, it, it it's like a horse's stable 
everything's there you're ready you just satchel on and then away you go yeah i i there was no way that she was living king's landing um alive without her dragon <laughs> oh right. no yeah I think and, she's I, lost you know, enough. I, I think i and you know what here is my complaint i'm tired of people on twitter having such little care and these are writers this is a writer who said this he was like no i'm done with the show rainies could have ended it right there have we been watching the same show rainies don't give a fuck about rainier rainies don't doesn't want to kill kids this is a character she had her them right there and she was like you're you're in front of your kids and you're trying to protect them i'm going to go protect mine and give well, them the leniency when she said when the theme is like she doesn't want to kill kids I doubt she was discerning when she bursted in from the floor how many people she likely killed if that Nino's point earlier but again it's it's all about like we don't care about the common folk it's it's the aristocrats it's the aristocrats story and you know what I'm going to I'm going to say it here Daenerys Targaryen was done so dirty in the show Why do I come back to that because when her dragons in whatever the pyramid place was when marine farmer marine when the farmer came and brought those that kid all burnt up because of her dragon she, she locked them up she locked them up and apparently in the books it's done with such an interesting like back and forth of her inquiring should i even have this power if it's going to cause people like that are lower than me like we're in a lower station than me to suffer denaris is the queen i want give me give me that give me that give me that give me that. but she's mad mm. she had the makings of a good queen she did she and did. then and then they completely went off went off script because well, i well then she I went watched- to westeros I watched a very good video. I watched a very good analysis, a close reading of just her parts on the books. And yes, I haven't read the books, but it was such a good close reading. <laughs> I have to recommend it. That they were like, no, Daenerys would never go mad because her arc is not being set up that way. And whoever was writing the show just wanted a cheap cop out. And you know what? I believe it. I but, I believe that. I think that's pretty. Yeah. That's what happened. And you know, and I'm, the only reason I bring up Daenerys up is because the show started with 300 years before Daenerys. And you want to know something? Or maybe I don't know how many years. Maybe 172. It's uh, yeah, 172. And you want to know something? After watching that close reading, after watching that person complete, it was like a 2-hour close reading and he brought quotes, he brought analysis. It was beautiful. I was living my life. After that, I was like she has earned that place. George R. R. Martin was such a good character. She has earned that place. And I will never believe. I will never take any any slander. No slander. But until then, we're stuck with people who still care about petty politics. And also too, I saw the same complaints on Twitter. You know, it's it's also only the first season and they definitely they're going to milk this for all they want. Y'all can't just be killing folks right away. we have no show the the intention is to to want i mean just that's just overall with 
logically. But I think too, to Dr. Jace's point and also to Nino's overall kind of thematic conversation is, you know, she she had that emotional investment, decided I can't kill the kids, but these specific kids though, you know, I'm not gonna kill Allison and, and her kids in this case, but I did just blow up through the floor and likely hurt quite a lot of people. But those kill. aren't these people. <laughs> but not those people. Not the rich. And so people. I think that that particular kind of the like I can make this decision now, but also I'm gonna take some inaction of it because I have respect for you in some way, or at least I, I can relate to you. Um but people still suffer. Um and, and I imagine that's gonna be the case as we dive deeper into the civil war, as it always is, as we saw in the original series too. Anytime there was a war, it's it's everyone else who's yeah. perishing along with, you know, the yeah. people in power as well. So I just I'm just I know that it's coming. That these conversations this is gonna haunt Game of Thrones nerds or like the the normie nerds that think that they like they're like oh it's the same thing to me with like anime comparisons like oh goku can solo the verse man goku can... it, they, these are such boring conversations and i'm like yes rainis did not just like she made an active decision doesn't mean that she's stupid it means that she's a well-written character i'm i'm just i'm just i, I haven't even i've only seen two tweets and i'm already tired i am tired of this of this people not <laughs> knowing how to look at a good piece of show. It's the same thing with the Aegon thing. We like to make jokes, but they're like, why can they name people names other than Aegon? Well, that we wouldn't have had last week. Like, we wouldn't have this week if we didn't have the misunderstanding from last week. Okay. Wait, do you want to watch the show or not? <laughs> and I think yeah. the discussions we've had for the last nine weeks have been really interesting and intriguing and chock full of really good stuff and I imagine and hope that that continues as the series does and, and that's what makes it fun is that people make decisions you wish they made different decisions but at the same time we're supposed to be entertained and it's entertaining the dragon was cool the dragon was great I loved the dragon I, I like the design it. of her too this She's is not great. the first time we saw Maylise, but this oh. is the first time. Uh, my background is the first time we've seen Maylise. But Which uh, this is was that one. Um, we like two, right? Two. Yeah, don't yeah. quote me. Yeah, maybe maybe two. And she and she was uh, riding the dragon, right? Yeah, maybe? she's she's riding okay. it, right? Um, but at least up close. Very up close. I feel every dragon has gotten a moment. This was Maylise's moment. Maylise owned it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love Rainice's character. Rainice is starting to grow on me as probably my favorite character, uh, thus far. Um, She's a jaded woman who is growing, you know, you can definitely see that she's growing into something. Well, it's just like, I would understand if she said Duracaris, you know, I would understand if she did. But she doesn't because she rises above every single time. And it's crazy how much conviction she has to not lower herself despite all the hardships that have been bestowed to her. And I'm like, go ahead, Rainice. Let well that bitch screech character. and then fly out of there. You know? But also, it's too, she's a mother. She's not going to, like you said, she's not going to blast this mother trying to protect her children when she couldn't do it herself you know exactly 
except you know the cattle in King's Landing. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> she's like, okay. Screw those mothers. <laughs> <laughs> but she's also also again, Renice is still very much third party. She does kind of support Rhaenyra more, but she's like, I'm gonna let y'all like, duke it out. Yeah, she also has a state. A lot to support. She yeah. she's already made a claim to marry the Valarions and, um, uh-huh. and yes. her grandchildren, basically. Right. And she's kind of like it solves all the, it. It ties up all the issues that I ever have in one neat bow. You know what I mean? Um, and she's like, why would honestly? She's like, why would I give it up? You want me to rule over a house in Driftmark? Of course, Allison wasn't coming from a point. I think really Allison misunderstood that people can actually love their husbands. Yeah. And love like, their families. Yeah. Correct. I just oh, think, I yeah, Allison all this time has had the wrong people saying the wrong things to her. While you got Rhaenice. I mean, yes, Corliss definitely had his own ambitions for the throne. However, he I truly believe he did love Rhaenice and he loved their children. Just, you know, his ambition, everything that was second to his ambition. But like with Allison, everybody who was in her ear was ambition over everything with anything else being so low on the totem pole. So, and you know, I damn, that's a great point. And back to <laughs> It's a great, it's a great theme. It is a great theme because on Rain and Rhaenyra's side, everyone is so family focused. Even like you have, you know, Rhaenys who's trying to protect her family, Corlys who loves people that have his name, who he considers family. They're like, he's like, that's my family. You have people, you know, there are so many people. And then when you see who's on Allison's side, it's always people who are willing to betray family. Otto's ready to betray people, you know, Alaris. Yeah, Varus, Kristen Cole, who, you know, would literally do anything. He literally comes from nothing. And he's just like, ah, my dad was stupid. He was stupid. You know, it's just very interesting to see on both sides. One is so very much, we love our families and that the conflict is built because of it. And then the other side is we don't care about our families and the conflict is building because of it window out of a prison you're making the best that you can and it ain't cutting it but hey Aegon got the crown he is current king uh how do we think it's gonna go down um words gonna get words gonna get back um ooh I mean that preview would make you think it's about to go down. I haven't seen the preview. Is it like? Oh, you didn't watch it? it. Oh I, man! Well, because it, I, I, it ended uh, with the because they, they always put this in like a weird spot. They they've kept changing it um, every week. Where like sometimes they show the preview in the episode, and so like you can't miss it. Other times that it's outside of the episode. So you have yeah, to it was after the, the credits. Yeah, it's after okay. the 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 sneak peek or whatever. Yeah. Or not the sneak peek, the inside the episode, I think. Or no, no, it's no. before. It's before the inside it's the episode. It's the credits, oh. the sneak peek, and then inside the episode. I think I skipped once the credits started rolling. I skipped straight to inside the episode. It, it, uh. it, yeah, it's the problem is is that HBO has such a does such a bad job with this because going back to our Euphoria podcast, 
we had the same complaint. Some of us would be like, we didn't, we didn't even know there oh, was a wow. CP. <laughs> oh, I, I miss the previews all the time. Exactly. So did I. I always miss the previews. And so they were there. In this one? Is it like... What was that? Is it chaotic, the preview uh, for next week's episode? I wouldn't call it chaotic, but th there's a lot of dragons. I'll say that much. They That's, showcase. That sounds like chaos. They showcase a lot of. It, it could I, just be, you know, fodder. It might just be a tease. But, I um. Think, yeah. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely think that next week is probably going to be less of a. It's probably just going to be like not so much as like a triumphant character moment and much, much more of a. We're just gonna set things up for season two, because these this felt like a very big thing, you know, with very high tensions. Next week just feels like I, I genuinely feel it's probably gonna just go out with like a, really, you know, setting things up. But that's maybe just I'm based just, on what you saw in the preview, or from what happened in this episode. I think from what happened in this episode, like I think okay. I think I don't see them adding something you know or even ending on a cliffhanger that could impact the story in such a way i just see them kind of being like we're going to set things up for season two and if you want to watch it you can join us for the rest okay i uh well we do know it is of course rhaenyra and focused as far as the aftermath um because we did see rainy's um, coming up to dragonstone i've feel sort of the same as far as setting up for season two. There is something that I will not share, but there's something that I think they're leading to that I've been curious about whether or not it would be in this season or the second season. Uh, but there is a possibility of, of something big happening that I'm curious about whether they're going to go there or not. Um, but I am, I do feel uh, interested in, in how they're going to be setting up kind of the ending leading into the to uh, season two, but we did see a lot of dragons. We did see some like, what are we gonna do? Plotting. We saw the map as far as like a Westeros, and I imagine Rhaenyra is gonna have to um, try to find some some people to rally on her side now that um, things have happened as they have here in this episode. So I'm curious about how that's gonna turn out. Oh yeah, man, we didn't actually talk about it. There are some people who are you know keeping their oath, but. Uh... I don't think they live. Uh, no. Right. So, but with that said, that was not all the houses of Westeros who were there. So, yeah. right. Um, right. They, if they can rally the people, she's got a, she's got a good, you know, uh, group, Support, yeah. army. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it seems like um, uh, it's probably something big will happen, but it will probably correlate with whatever happens in season two and set up set it up like that which i'm okay with because i'm thoroughly enjoying house of the dragon and everything it's offered minus the third world problems of flea bottom and king's landing uh, but the incest you know oh and, and the incest and the murder yeah and the assault uh, other than that, it's great. <laughs> Dragons are great. Dragons it actually has been really cool. It has been cool seeing just the different designs. And, sorry, my cat is wanting her presence to be known. Um, I have enjoyed seeing 
whenever we get to see one up close, kind of the differences between all of them, since we really only got the three in the original series, it's nice to, to see the variation. It's very cool. And obviously big budget to put them all on screen together. So we might right. get a we might get a little bit next week. Um, but yeah, it's Team Black next week and what what they do with the knowledge of King Viserys' death. So that shall be exciting. Um, quite explosive. Um, but yes, thoroughly enjoyed this episode. More condensed, but yeah, it's like let's get a look in Team green how they're doing so uh those are my final thoughts would anyone have any final thoughts on this episode no it was just a great house of the dragon episode um i i think they kind of stepped away from traditionally how game of thrones did their penultimate episode and we kind of talked about that last week a little bit um and i i i think that's fine I don't think they need to, you know, hold to tradition. It's about breaking away from tradition. That's the whole theme of the show. Ooh. Look at that. Game of Thrones. <laughs> House of the Dragon. So, yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with it. It was still satisfying for an episode nine, a, a penultimate episode. And I'm sure the season finale will deliver. I, I will be very shocked if I'm if I leave the finale thinking like it was a stinker. Because none of these episodes before that were stinkers. They were very good. I think the show's been getting better as it's been going along. So high hopes. High hopes for episode 10 of House of the Dragon. Yes. High hopes indeed for the first finale of House of the Dragon. But uh, that's it, folks. Without further ado, we closing things out here at the Yonko table talking about episode nine of House of the Dragon. Oh, my gosh. I did not get the title of this episode. What was the title? Green Council. Uh, the, the Green Council. So excellently titled. The Green Council. Very nice insight of the Green Council. But that's it from us here at the Yonko table, folks. Make sure if you're not, you're following us on all social media accounts, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Got things popping over there on Twitch. Thanks to Dr. Jason Attorney. TikTok got things popping on there. Go check it out. TikTok, we got good things. If you love to see our faces, check us out on YouTube. And again, thank you for listening to your various podcast stations. But without further ado, I'm your host, Grandmaster Hoop, fellow Yonko, Dr. Jason Attorney, and Supernova's Nino Desposado and Dr. Rika. Nah, there's no song to close out on. Yeah, so we're okay. Rings All right, y'all take care. Who power had rings of power? Rings of power. Rings of power had a song. I wish there was something. Uh, <laughs> whatever. All right, take care, folks. We'll see you next week. <laughs>